Hello, welcome to our Bible teaching. We're going to continue tonight talking about miracles and the miraculous. Now, I've been spending a lot of time on this subject. We've been on this for a couple of months. And uh, I believe it's because God wants us to understand more about the miraculous. He wants to do more in our lives, in the church. He wants to manifest his power more and more. And so there's some things he wants us to see. There's some things from the word of God that he wants us to see. And uh, we've, we've gone through a number of things. We've spent some time talking about the power of God. Uh, I've really spent a bit of time dwelling on some individual miracles in the Bible. And I hope you're getting more excited about the miraculous. Don't get bored about hearing and thinking, here we go on again, same series. This is, this is so that we can focus in. We can begin to believe God for more of the manifestation of, of the kinds of things we see happening in the Bible. And I believe God wants to do that. He wants to manifest his glory and his power in the church. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I've specifically been talking about uh, the subject of faith and miracles. Like I said, we talked about the power of God. Now we're talking about some things about faith. And uh, don't tune out. Don't think, oh, here he's another one of those guys that teach about faith. Listen to what I'm going to say, because I'm going to show you something very powerful tonight. I'm going to give you some answers to some questions tonight. Uh, we got, we're gonna, I've got something very specific that I believe is going to really help you if, if you can see what I'm going to try to show you in the Word of God tonight. So just open your heart. Let's listen. Let's hear. And look at the scriptures if you want to as well. So good evening. It's good to see you, Deanna, and, and others that are watching. And uh, let's, get, let's get into the Word of God. Now, in the last few weeks, we have shown some scriptures where the Bible specifically connects faith to miracles. Now, as I said, some Christians are still trying to get a hold of, do we need faith to be healed? Well, we've gone a little bit of a step past the healing. Now, healing's wonderful. I, I believe in a God who heals, but we've gone a little bit of a step past that. And, and, and we're trying to show you faith connected to more types of miracles than just healings. Uh, we saw Hebrews 11 connects uh, the, the splitting of the Red Sea and the children of Israel going through, Hebrews 11 directly in some way connects faith to that. Now, we haven't, we haven't explored the depth of that connection yet, but I want you to see that connection. Uh, we also see Hebrews 11 connects faith to the walls of Jericho coming down. Now, that's a manifestation of the power of God that flattened those walls. And was it all God's side? Was it just all God decided to do a miracle? Well, interestingly, it connects their faith to what happened. Now, last week, we, we, we looked at Peter and Jesus walking on the water. An amazing miracle, spectacular miracle. And we see that when, when Peter sank, Jesus mentioned faith. Now, like I said, I haven't explored that connection, what it is yet, but I want us to see that connection. I want us to begin to really get a hold of this, that the degree of the manifestation of the miraculous in my life is connected to my faith in some way. And if I want to get more miracles happening, I need to hear some things about what faith can do. We looked at the fact that Jesus talked about you know, Jesus cursed a fig tree. That's not just a healing. He spoke to a physical tree. And then right afterwards, he, he said, you guys can do that too. And he connected it to faith. God wants us to begin to realize the power and potential that he's put in us as New Testament believers, born again. We're in the kingdom of God. He wants some people, to, their eyes to start being open to the fact that, that there is a realm of the miraculous that we can begin to step into and flow in and receive in our own lives. 
Many people just think it's all up to God if a miracle happens. That's not what the Bible shows you. So we've been exploring this connection. I'm going to take a slight side journey in that. I'm not going to talk as much directly about the miraculous tonight. I want to talk about something about faith, but you need to see this. I want you to see this connection because it is so important. If you cannot get this issue, what I'm going to talk about solved on the inside of you, and I mean solved once and for all without question, then you're still going to struggle in some areas. Um, now, as I said last week, Jesus is the light. And in the New Testament, God brings us light. More light than in the Old Testament. There was not a lot of understanding of the things of God in the Old Testament. There's some very unique uh, truths that are highlighted in the New Testament. And large portions of the church either don't see those truths or, or are resistant to those truths. And they want to hear what the Old Testament's saying, but not really get a hold of the, the things that are highlighted in the New Testament. And I said to you, this whole idea of faith is a New Testament truth. Over and over again, in different contexts, not just in one type of situation, in different contexts, the, the New Testament talks about faith. There's something God's get, trying to get us to see here. And so I, I want to show you, I'm going to show you a pattern through the Bible tonight, particularly the New Testament, a pattern through the New Testament. And, and like I said, God, there's light in this. Uh, one of the things that I, I mentioned last week, and this is where I'm exploring a little bit tonight, is that sometimes people are saying, you know, God, why am I not getting a miracle? Why am I not getting an answer to my prayer? And you might be praying that right now. You might have prayed that. That's a common question people have. Why are things not working? Why are things not happening? So today I'm going to answer that question. Why? And we're going to give you a definitive Bible answer. It is a clear Bible answer. So there might there are some people who tell you, well, you know, we just can't know why. And, you know, there might be 40, there might be different reasons. And it's a different reason for everybody. That's what the devil wants you to believe. That's what deception wants you to believe. That is what the enemy, that is what those who do not know God and are walking in blindness, that is what they want you to believe. That is not what the Bible wants you to believe. This whole idea that, first of all, we can't know why is not a God. This whole idea that, well, you know, there's lots of reasons it's different for everybody else is not of God. I'm going to show you a pattern in the Bible tonight. Open your heart and hear what the word of God has to say. There is something God wants you to see. And you're going to see it in scriptures for yourself. We're going to go, I'm going to bombard you. Is that okay? Bombard you with a wealth of scriptures and you are going to see the same thing in every scripture. And that uh, should teach us something. If God keeps highlighting the same thing, it's because he wants you to see something. And every one of these scriptures in some way is going to be connected to an individual or a group of people who could not get something working in their life. For some reason, something was not happening. For some reason, something was not working. For some reason, the, 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 the power was not manifesting. Every one of these scriptures is connected to results not happening. So that should prick you up. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of scriptures in the Bible which really focus on the results not happening. There's a lot we see where people got healed and things happened. There, there is a, a pattern of scriptures which when you put them together and you look at them as a broad group of scriptures that, that consistently highlight this did not happen in this instance. Every single one of these scriptures gives you an answer why. And the question we want to know is, does it give you different answers? Or does the Bible keep highlighting the same thing?
Now, this is important because a lot of Christians are stuck on this issue. Now, I want to give you a definitive Bible answer. Uh, religious theology wants you to think, well, we can never know the reason why. Let's say, let's see, does the Bible support that idea that we cannot know the reason why? Or does the Bible give us a clear reason why? It, I'm going to show you it does. There is a very definitive answer given in Scripture as to why or why not. And it's not mysterious. God's not trying to hide it from you. He's not even buried it deep in the Bible so hard to find. There's some scriptures, it's stated plainly the exact reason why something did not happen. And when you look at sometimes we study these scriptures individually, people don't really get the power and impact of it because in their mind, they think, well, that's one of the reasons why, but there's many possible reasons. It might be this, it might be this, it might be this. I'm going to show you a pattern. This is what I want you to see tonight. We're going to go through a whole broad spectrum of scriptures throughout the Gospels and throughout the epistles. And what I want you to see is that every single one of these scriptures tells you the exact same reason why things do not work. That should teach us something. It's powerful. Now, if you know some things, if you listen regularly and you're excited about some things, Get excited about this because this is going to gonna give you some answers. If you're the first time you've never heard me teach, open the scriptures for yourself. Have a look at this. Because you're going to see the Bible does answer the question why things don't happen. And we've just not wanted to listen to the answer. The problem is, you see, this is, goes back to what I said. The Bible is light. The New Testament gives us light. Jesus is the light. And, and you need to realize this. One of the things about light in the New Testament is light is connected to seeing and understanding some things. Uh, when you see a truth, when you understand something, that's light. And when God shines light in an area, it's because he's trying to show you something. He's trying to give you understanding. And when you see, when you accept the light, when you say, okay, God, that's the answer. You step into the light and in the light, you can see it's clear. But when you reject that light, when you say, oh, no, I don't want to hear that answer. Well, if you reject the light, what happens is you step into darkness. And in darkness, there's confusion. In darkness, there are no answers. And there are large portions of Christianity that are pushing away the answer God keeps trying to tell us. And oh, no, I, don't, I don't like that answer. I don't like that stuff. And they push the answer away and they say, well, there must be another answer. And they look around, but you see, they're, they're in the dark because they've rejected the light that God is giving. And in the dark, they're confused. And they, 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 have, they continue to sit there thinking, well, there must be a reason, God. What's the reason? And every time God shines the light back on the same subject, and they look at it and say, no, I don't like that. I don't want that answer. God, I reject that light. There must be another reason. No, there isn't. <laughs> this is what I want you to see. There isn't another reason. If you step out of the light and reject the answer God's trying to show the church, then the only other option is darkness. And the Bible says when you're in the darkness, you'll stumble. You'll be confused. You'll continue to say, well, you know, clearly we just can't know the reasons. No, it's, it's because we're rejecting the reasons. And then we're trying to find another reason. So at some point, we as a church, and God has been trying to get the church to do this for a long time. At some point as Christians and as a church, we've got to come to, to the conclusion, the reason that God highlights is the answer. Whether we like that answer or not, if God keeps highlighting the same answer, and I'm going to show you he does, then that's the answer. 
We don't need to look any further for another answer. I get people all the time saying to me, you know, oh, well, things just aren't working and I don't know why things are working. Can you give me, you know, maybe it's this. And they start to look all over the place for other reasons. And what happens the moment you start putting all of your energy into looking for other reasons, you stop putting your energy into what you need to be putting your energy into and you don't get your results. And because people are not convinced that this one thing is the answer. We are not convinced. We very often, and I, I'm talking in general terms right now, I'm going to give you specifics in a minute, but very often we are not as convinced as we should be. This answer that God keeps pointing to is the answer. We think it's one of the possible answers. And because we don't want to hear that one, we think, well, let's go find one of the other possible answers. There are no other possible answers. This is the only one. And if we can get this one, we can get things working in our life. You can get the miraculous happening in your life. You can get some results. But you have to become totally persuaded that this is the only option. And I'm going to keep at this option until I get it working. Because you can get it working. That's the good news. So let's look at some things. Everyone, like I said, I'm going to bombard you with a multitude. I'm going to show you a pattern through the word of God, the New Testament, because that's where the light is. That's going to give you the same answer every time. And let's see. Now, before we do that, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with something, some things in the ministry of Jesus and some, some instances that Jesus encountered situations where things were not working. Because this is what we're looking at tonight. When things are not working, what's the reason? Why? Is there a reason? Can we know the reason? Well, we're going to see. Does the Bible make that? Does the Bible give us a clear, definitive answer? Or do we have to believe the theologians who tell us, well, you can never know the reason. I'm glad I don't believe those theologians because I want to believe what the Bible says. Okay, but let's let's get this definitive solved in our minds once and for all. Now, let's talk about Jesus for a minute. Let, you know, when things did not work, was Jesus ever confused about it? Do, do you ever see Jesus look at someone where maybe things are not working, something doesn't happen right? And I'm going to show you the scriptures where things didn't happen right in the ministry of Jesus. We're going to go through them. Bible's not hiding this from you, but there's not a lot of times the Bible points this out, but every time it does, it's always the same answer. But when things did not happen, do you ever see Jesus confused about it? Do, does Jesus ever sit there puzzled thinking, I don't understand why things didn't work. You know, I, I need to go and talk to a few people. I want answers here. No, you never see Jesus like that. And it's because, you know, we know Jesus. Jesus was the word of God. He knew the answers. And the amazing thing is not only did Jesus know the answers, he kept telling people the answers. Every time something did not work, he gave their people there the, the reason why. And it's not that confusing to see. It's only confusing if you keep rejecting this. But Jesus was never confused. It never took his by surprise when things did not work. He didn't sit there thinking, well, man, you know, why didn't God move here? That's the one thing you will never hear Jesus say. Not once did he blame God for why things didn't happen. Now, the, the modern theology is flipped on its head and puts all the blame on God. God must have a reason. Oh, it's the sovereignty of God. Well, you know, the Lord does sometimes and the Lord doesn't sometimes. Well, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. It's always God. The moment we say us... People push that answer away. They don't want to hear that one. They want the, the, the whole idea of it's always a mysterious reason on God's side. 
There's something I haven't seen yet. This, this, is, this is the deception. See, I've said this to people. People have sometimes questioned me and say, well, you know, maybe there's another reason. Maybe, you know, maybe it's this. And I say to them, be careful because the enemy can get you chasing your tail in your life. He can get you so focused on trying to find the reason why things are not working that you put all your energy in tr into trying to find the reason. And maybe it's this, and maybe it's this, and maybe it's this. And, and as long as you're putting all your energy into the wrong things, the enemy keeps you in your problem. And he will keep throwing another option at you. Oh, maybe it's a curse. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's something back into, you know, 20 generations ago. Some reason in your life. And he'll get you digging in that, down that rat trail. And, the, and, and then, he, and then you, you finally think, well, it's not that. Then the enemy will throw you down another rabbit trail. Say, well, I'll try this one. Maybe it's this one down here. He wants you confused. He want, the enemy wants you chasing your tail, looking for hundreds of reasons why things are not working. Because if you can put all your energy into that, the enemy keeps you trapped. What the enemy does not want you to do is to see the reason the Bible gives you. He will disguise that. He, he wants to blind your eyes. That He wants you in the darkness. God wants you in the light. God wants you to see the reason. And Jesus was never confused when things didn't work. Every single time he pinpoints the exact same reason. That should tell us something. Jesus didn't say to this man, well, in your case, that's the reason. And to another man, well, in your case, that's the reason. And then the Bible says, well, that group over there, well, that's the reason for that group. No, you're going to see a pattern. Now, God's put this pattern in the word to give you some answers. Let's look. Let's go to this. Let's, let's, so like I said, I'm not going to spend detailed time studying each passage. We're looking for one, one aspect of this passage. Previous times, some of these passages I've done deeper studies of in other sessions that I've taught. But what, as we look at each of these passages, we're looking for one thing. We're looking for, it, we're going to see it's, some, it's an instance where things are not working, something's not happening, right? And we're going to see, does it give us some kind of reason? We're not going to explore that reason in depth. Today's more of a surface level, but I want to bombard you and show you that each time the same thing keeps getting highlighted. Because once we can realize if the same thing keeps getting highlighted, then somewhere in that topic is the answer. Then we can begin to explore that topic in depth and get our answers. So let's do this. Let's do this. It's a fascinating study. If you open your heart, you're going to really get some answers tonight. And you can solve this issue once and for all and never question this ever again. Because it's consistent in the Bible. So let's, uh, let's look at, um, let's start in Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Now, I'll give you the run, rundown of this passage. Many of you are probably familiar with it. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a man who brings his, his, his lunatic, basically a demon is influencing his, his son. And this man brings his son to Jesus. Uh, in, well, first of all, to Jesus' disciples, because Jesus is not there at that moment. And the man brings his son to Jesus' disciples to help get his son free. And here's the thing. The disciples could not help the man. They couldn't get the boy free. So it, here, immediately we, something's not happening. For some reason, something's not connecting. This boy's not getting free. Now, some people will say, well, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the will of the Lord to get that boy free. Well, first of all, be very careful in the Bible about putting something in that's not in the passage. If, the, if, if, if there's nothing in that passage that tells you anything about it wasn't God's will, be very careful putting that in just to, to 
fluff the passage up the way you want it to be. Let's first ask, does the passage itself highlight a reason? Let's see what the passage itself highlights, and then let's go with that. So um, we're going to just pick up at the place where things couldn't happen, and we're going to then look at what gets highlighted each time. So in Matthew chapter 17, verse 16, here's the man speaking, and he says, now Jesus has arrived. The man comes to Jesus, and this is what the man says to Jesus. So I brought him, my son, to your disciples. Notice this phrase, but they could not, could not cure him. Notice that negative. Every, every passage I'm going to show you, you're going to see this negative in the end of the way. They could not. Something wasn't happening. Results were not happening. So they could not cure him. Now, the instant Jesus heard could not, the instant he heard nothing's happening, what did he immediately point out? What did he immediately refer to? Every passage I'm going to look at, and we're going to write through the New Testament, every passage you're going to see almost instantly the same thing gets mentioned. The moment you see that negative, couldn't happen, next few verse, next few words, mentions the same thing. Every time. There's an answer in here. Now notice, that I'm not going to go into detailed study of everything Jesus said. I want you to just see the pattern of the same thing keeps getting mentioned. So he said, they couldn't cure him. What does Jesus turn around? The very next verse, this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Well, why the moment something's not working is the first thing out of Jesus' mouth, faithless. In other words, no faith. Why does he refer in some way to faith? Now, I'm not exploring all the details. I just want you to see that part of it for now. Because I'll tell you why. This is what you're going to see every time. Every single time in the New Testament, when things are not working, a miracle is not happening, people are not getting a result, the same thing gets highlighted. The pattern is there. We've just got to see it. So immediately, they couldn't cure him. Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. So he highlights that faith issue. And then he says some other things. I'm not saying there's no more he said. But certainly within that aspect of it, he highlights that truth immediately. Okay. Now let's let's go. Let's keep going on to the next verse. That was verse 17. Um, now verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. So Jesus gets the boy set free. So now the disciples could not. Jesus does help this boy. The boy is set free. Now, you see, that, that, that's why you can't say it wasn't God's will to heal the boy. Someone might say, well, maybe it wasn't the will of the Lord. Well, then how come five seconds later the boy's free? If it wasn't God's will to heal him, how come Jesus just managed to get him healed? Don't put something into passages. Don't, don't pull reasons out of your own head to put into the passage. Well, maybe this is why. Sweet people get in a message, mess in their Bible reading is they pull reasons out that are not in the passage and they just try to put their own reasons in. Hear what the passage itself says without feeling the need to add anything in. And then you'll get some clarity in the Bible. So in verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The boy's now free. So the disciples could not get results. Jesus mentions this whole idea of being faithless. Immediately afterwards, Jesus gets results. Now let's read the next verse. Now the disciples, they're curious. They want to know the answer to this deep, mysterious question, why? Why couldn't we get results? 
<laughs> That's exactly what they ask. This is the question everybody's asking. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, why could we not cast it out? Doesn't that sound like a lot of Christians? You know, they go to their pastor. Why couldn't I get my praise answered? That, this is the, one of the biggest questions Christians ask. Why didn't I get healed? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? So they were asking, why couldn't we get results in this instance? Now let's ask this. What does Jesus highlight? Now people, it's amazing. People study lots of the other things Jesus said, but they ignore the first thing that he said. What's the first thing he says? As I said, I'm not going into in-depth studies of each of these. I just want you to see the same point keep coming up. Because we'll explore this later in more classes, in more, more, more classes, because I teach in Bible schools, I call them classes, in more teaching sessions, okay? Verse 20, so the disciples are asking this big, mysterious question that plagues so many Christians. Why couldn't I get results? What does Jesus say in verse 20? So Jesus said to them, because, now the word because, if you know anything about English grammar, the word because is a reason word. In other words, because means this is the reason, because of this. So when Jesus says because, he's giving them a reason. He's, he's answering that question, why? Why not? Because of this. What does he say? Because of your unbelief. Oh, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to listen to that. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus wasn't saying, no, don't deny what the word of God's saying. Just read it for what it is. You'll get some answers. You will get a light. So the first time when the man says, your disciples couldn't help, Jesus immediately says, faithless. A verse later, when the disciples ask the question, why couldn't he? Jesus immediately says, because of your unbelief. Now, don't, don't get so focused on the rest of the things he says, but push that one aside. Because you're going to see, this is the one that keeps getting mentioned every time. I'm going to show you this in different contexts. We can study the, 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 the details in other sessions. I want you to see this pattern. Because this will give you an answer. If you can once and for all come to the conclusion and come to the, the awareness, this is the Bible reason. You can move past this constant wondering why, and you can start getting some results. And you can stop searching everywhere else for answers, and you can just figure out somewhere in this is my answer, and this is what I need to get fixed and working. Okay? Let's look at another passage. Uh, you know, uh, Mark, uh, actually, sorry, Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. Now, this is the one we studied last week. As I said, I'm not going to go into an in depth study. I just want you to see the principle. This is where. Peter's walking on the water. So uh, Jesus has said to him, come now. Peter starts walking on the water. But what happens? Peter begins to sink. In other words, things stop working. So this is another passage where something's not working. For one moment, he's out there having a miracle happen. And suddenly the miracle stops. Suddenly he begins to sink. Now, Modern theologians would probably say, well, you know, for some reason, the Lord only wanted him to get halfway. Doesn't say that in the passage. Don't put that in the passage. This is where we get in a mess. We pull our answers out from somewhere else and we put it into the passage. There's no mention in there about God not wanting him to get the whole way. So don't put that in there. Just look at what the passage itself says. It's quite clear. Okay. You'll find the Bible is a lot clearer then we make it because we keep putting 
our little extras in, our need to add extra word in, our need to add an extra sentence in, in order to support our meaning. I'm not going to add anything in. Just look at what's actually in there. Okay. So Peter begins to sink. And that's verse 30. Verse 30 says, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Right there, his miracle starts shutting down. What does the very next verse say? And in fact, the first thing Jesus says, the moment things stop working, listen to Jesus's words. Verse 31, and Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him. So in other words, this is the first thing Jesus says as results stop happening. The miracle starts shutting down. Peter starts sinking. What's the first thing Jesus highlights? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, that kind of sounds like the same thing he said the previous time to the man. When the disciple said, why couldn't we get? Jesus said, faithless. Or the, or the disciple said, why couldn't we get? He said, because of your unbelief. See, unbelief, little faith, faithless. These are all the same concept, if you understand it from the Bible. It's all actually the same principle. Look here, it's this. Uh, it, it, so Jesus said, oh, you little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, how, why did Jesus say that the moment the miracle shut down? Why did he highlight that reason? Well, this is what I want you to see. It's because this is the reason. This is the answer to the deep, mysterious question the church has been asking, and many Christians have been asking for a long time. We think there's lots of reasons things don't work. It's not that complicated. Stop. We don't need to find 30 reasons. We just need to hear the one reason the Bible keeps pointing to us. And this is why I'm trying to show you. I'm, I'm not looking at one passage. I'm not looking at two passages. I'm looking at a whole stack of passages tonight in the New Testament where things didn't work. And over a range of different reasons. And every single time you'll see the Bible points the same, the same thing. It keeps pointing to the same thing. That's two we've seen so far. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So here's the next one, Mark chapter 16. Many of you have heard this, but put this in the same context. See the pattern. This is what I want you to see tonight. See the pattern. Because if you see the pattern, you can start to get persuaded. Wow, this is really is the answer. This is what God keeps trying to shine the light on. Okay, Mark chapter 6, verse 5. And he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there. Notice the negative again. Things aren't happening, basically. He could do no mighty work. You're going to see this negative keeps coming up in all of the ones that I'm, that I'm going through tonight. Jesus could do no mighty work there. Now, again, we can put our own reasons and you can add sentences in and say, well, you know, the Lord just wasn't doing it that day. You just added a sentence in. Don't do that. Don't try to expand the words there to come up with your own reason. Let's just ask a simple question. Without adding anything in, does that passage actually give us the reason? Does it give us a clear definitive answer as to why? Does it, does it say God just wasn't in the mood that day? Does it say, well, God didn't feel like healing that group? Does it just say, well, you know, God just wasn't doing it that day? Does it say Jesus was not anointed? Maybe Jesus didn't pray enough that morning. Doesn't say any of that, so don't put it in there, okay? This is why we get in a mess. We keep putting extras in. Let's just see, does it actually, in the actual words, without adding anything in there, does it give us an answer? Let's keep reading. He could do no mighty work there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Not many, a few, but it says he couldn't do any mighty works. Notice the next phrase, right after saying things are not happening, 
Notice what gets mentioned next. Verse 6, and he, Jesus, marveled because. There's that word because again. You're going to see this keeps coming up. Because is a reason word. It means this is the reason. He marveled because of their unbelief. Wow. Same reason given again. So when the, when the disciples said to Jesus, why couldn't we cast it? He said, because of your unbelief. When no mighty works are happening, he says, because of their unbelief. When Peter began to sing, Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? In other words, that's, that's another way of unbelief because they're all the same concepts. Okay. Isn't that amazing? We've now seen three times things were not happening and three times the exact same answer. Is this, does this start to give you an idea this might actually be the answer? I hope so. Don't push the light away. Step into the light. Receive the light of the word of God. You'll get some answers and we can start moving forward as a church. There are so many Christians that are confused about why things are not working and they are looking everywhere but at the right thing. They want to look at every other possibility. Why they're not getting healed. Why they're not getting results. And the, sometimes it's our own pride. But you see, you've got to receive the word of God with, with meekness. That's humility, teachableness. Sometimes our own pride doesn't want to face the fact the problem is in my faith. Because, no, 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 it's not the problem. My faith's fine. It's something else. And the devil will sit on your shoulder and say, yes, yes, that's right. It's something else. It's, it's not faith. Faith's not the problem for you. You don't have to just push that one away. It's another reason. And the devil will have you running around looking for reasons. And the whole time, he'll keep you bound. Careful of that. That's a trap. The Bible keeps pointing out a reason. Listen. And we might actually get some movement here. So we've seen three instances now in the ministry of Jesus. Let's, let's, move, let's, move, let's move out of the Gospels. Let's go into the epistles. Let's see. Do we see the same pattern in the epistles are there instances where after the gospels where things do not happen or it's talking about something not happening and does it does it give us any answer and is the answer the same this is going to be interesting i already know the answer because i've been studying it but let's see <laughs> let's see let's go to romans chapter 9 romans chapter 9 if I'm reading you a wealth of scripture in different contexts. The first one had got to do with a, a demon-possessed man. The next one had to do with, uh, which one did I do second? Uh, Peter, the miracle shutting down, walking on the water. The next, thing had, the next one had to do with Jesus not being able to do any mighty works amongst that group of people. This one's got, is a completely different thing. These are all different settings, but the reason is constantly the same. What's God trying to show us? This is a very all-encompassing reason. It covers everything. It really is the reason. Notice the wording here. Romans chapter 9 and verse 30. Okay. Um, actually, verse 31, we'll just, just for time's sake, we'll start. you can read verse 30 in your own time, but verse 31 says, But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not, there's that negative again, has not attained to the law of righteousness it says they pursued it but in other words they did not get it they didn't attain to it they did not obtain it or reach it is what that's saying if you studied that out putting words in there i'm just showing you that's what that word attained means okay 
In other words, Israel pursued the law of righteousness, but it says they have not attained to the law of righteousness. Now, in other words, it's just told us a group of people who did not get something. Let's, let's see. Does the Bible in this passage tell us exactly why they didn't get it? Or does it leave us confused? Does it leave us in the dark? Does it leave us vaguely trying to figure out, well, why didn't they get it? Oh, we just never know these things. The Bible's a lot clearer than most people realize. It's going to point out in the very next verse the reason. Doesn't leave, it doesn't even do it 20 verses later. Very next reason it says they did not attain. Verse 32 starts with the word why. Why? Question mark. In other words, why did they not attain? This is this is as blatantly obvious. God is not trying to hide this from you. He's trying to show this to the church. The reason we're not seeing this is we keep pushing this away. We, the Bible is highlighting the light. We keep saying, no, I don't want that answer. And we step out of the light into darkness and into confusion. We need to come to the place. And I'm being very repetitive tonight. It's because I keep showing I'm, my, my purpose tonight is to keep highlighting the same truth in different scriptures. The Bible keeps pointing to this as the reason because it's trying to show us this is the reason. This, Whether you understand it or not, whether we've quite figured out how all this works or not, what we need to come to the conclusion definitively once and for all is this is the reason, a reason, it is the reason things do not work. So it says, has not attained. They couldn't get results. Things were not happening. There's a negative in there. Something was not happening. Why? Because, there's the because word again. Because, in, in other words, I'm going to tell you the reason is what he's about to say. He's not hiding it from you. Why? Why did they not attain? Because they did not seek it by faith. Oh, wow. Same reason. Same reason. It's not that confusing. Are you beginning to see a pattern here? This is powerful. This, this is why I do this teaching. This is why I want you to see a broad pattern right across the New Testament. Keeps pointing to the same thing. When things are not working, here's the reason for you. Why? Very, very blatantly, because they didn't seek it by faith. Don't look for a deeper reason. That's just told you the reason right there. So there we've got another one. Now let's go see. Do you think there are any more? I'm going to tell you there are a few more. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 is going to show you the same thing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says this. For indeed the gospel is preached to us as well as to them. Notice this phrase. But the word which they heard did not, there's your negative, did not profit them. In other words, the word did not profit them, did not benefit them, was of no benefit to them. So the, in other words, the word wasn't working, is the way we could say that. The word was of no profit to them. It's a negative statement. Something is not working in this passage. Do, do, do you think it gives you a reason? Does it give you in the dark? Does it say, well, you know, the word didn't profit them because, you know, some people stand on the word and the word just doesn't work for them. And we never know why. It's one of the great mysteries of the Lord our God. 
his word sometimes doesn't come through for people. No, it doesn't say that. That's what we say. That's what modern theologians say. That's what people who don't want to hear the Bible say. What does the Bible actually say? Don't need to put any extra phrases in here. It lays it right out. The moment it tells you something not working, the word which they heard did not profit them, immediately afterwards it gives you the reason. Not being mixed with faith. Wow. Same thing. Every passage, it doesn't leave any ambiguity. This is not as confusing as we've made it out to be. Are you seeing this? The pattern. Every time you've got a negative scripture where something's not working or not happening, the very next phrase right after brings up this faith issue. This, this is the answer, people. This is exactly why things either work or do not work. This is powerful. Let's keep going. Are there more scriptures? Let's go back a chapter, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 talks about the children of Israel in the wilderness. Now, that is one group that did not get somewhere. Where did They did not get into the promised land. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but Hebrews 3 is about this group of people not getting into the land. The whole purpose of Hebrews 3 is to talk about this group of people who did not get in. And in fact, this, this chapter is a warning. It keeps using phrases that warn you. It keeps saying, do not be like them. Okay? But the, the, the core here is a group of people who could not enter the land. Could not. There's the negative again. Something was not happening. Something was not working for them. Okay? They're in the wilderness. Notice verse 11. Hebrews 3.11 says, So I swore in my wrath, is God speaking, they shall not, there's the negative again, they shall not enter my rest. So this is talking about a people who were not going to get in. Does it give us a reason? Does it in any vague way help us to understand why they couldn't get in and why God said they're not going in? Was God just going to take them in any way? No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. A lot of people want to just go, God to just do it for them anyway. It doesn't work like that with the things of God. We've got to see the reason and get this issue fixed. Now, right after saying they could not enter, let's see, let's right, just keep reading. Right in there, a few words later, you'll find that same thing gets mentioned. They, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 12, the very next verse. Beware, brethren. In other words, this is a warning to you. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Wow. Just a few verses after mentioning something not happening, unbelief gets mentioned. There's no coincidence there. This is the consistent thread that goes through every single one of these passages where things are not working. See the pattern and get this answered once and for all in your life. Unbelief's mentioned. Now let's jump a little bit further. Just down, let's keep the same passage, still talking about the children of Israel, not getting in. But down to um, verse, uh, verse 19. That was verse 12. It again mentions they could not. Verse 19. So we see that they could not, that's a negative, could not enter in. In other words, this is a group that couldn't get results. Sounds like a lot of Christians. Well, if, you, if you're struggling to get results, one way to help you get some answers is to look at some people in the Bible who were not getting results and let's figure out why they didn't get results. Maybe you'll find an answer to your situation there. 
Some people say, oh, maybe it's a curse. Maybe it's this. Maybe, maybe, you know, stop all the maybes. You don't ever see Jesus or Paul or Peter walking around saying, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. This is one of the problems with Christians is when, when, when we don't get results, we start just looking over 101 possibilities and we get into the realm of speculation and maybe. Maybe it's this. So we spend a while on that. We don't get a result. Oh, well, obviously it wasn't that. Maybe it's this. We've got to get out of the realm of speculation and into the realm of revelation. The Bible gives you answers through the revealed word of God, the light shining on the answer. He's trying to get us to understand why things are not happening, why things are not working. So let's read. So we see they could not, there's that negative, could not, in their case, enter in. This is a group of people who couldn't get something working in their life. Do you think it gives you a reason? The very next word is because. There's that reason word again. You see how this, this negative and then because keeps repeating in these passages. The disciples said to Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, because of your unbelief. Children of Israel, uh, it says they, they tried to attain to righteousness. They couldn't get righteousness. Why? Because gives you the reason of their unbelief or, be, or because they didn't go after it by faith. Faith, unbelief, the same reason, same thing. Okay. But yeah, they could not. There's a negative because of unbelief. Same reason. Same reason. Every time we're seeing a group of people who cannot get a result, the same truth is highlighted if the bible keeps highlighting in different contexts keeps shining light on this truth there's a reason for that we can push this the way all we like but we'll stay in darkness we'll stay confused or we can come to the conclusion once and for all right there is the answer i need if you solve that you can begin to focus on that area and realize You'll, you stop getting distracted by the enemy being pulled all over possible reasons. Focus on the one reason the Bible keeps telling you is the answer and make up your mind. I'm going to keep focus on that reason until I get this functional in my life. You'll start, you'll, you will start moving forward. You'll start getting results. Let's see if there's another one. I'll give you one more. Okay. James chapter one, and then we're going to end up, but I've given you a broad spectrum here, giving you three out of the ministry of Jesus. And I get, and by the, time we've done James, I'll be giving you three or four out of the epistles. Every one of them is a group or an individual who could not get results. Something wasn't happening. Okay. James chapter one talks about someone asking for wisdom. If, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Verse six. Now, what does it tell you about the asking? It, it, it throws something in, but let him ask in faith. So it brings this whole idea of what we, what, what, the same thing that we've been highlighting comes into this. Ask, but ask in faith with no doubting. So it says, make sure you've got faith, no doubt. For, and then it talks about a person who, 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 who has doubt, in other words, doesn't have faith. So it says, make sure you've got faith and do not doubt. And then it says, but let me tell you about what will happen if you are that person who has doubts and doesn't have faith. Okay. Verse seven, for let not that man, which man, the person who's got the doubt and who doesn't have the faith, let not that man suppose 
he will receive anything from the Lord. Same reason is highlighted for someone who doesn't receive. There's a pattern here. This, this pattern is beautiful if you realize it. This pattern will just establish this truth on the inside of you. Sometimes, like I said, we, we, we study individual scriptures, but then there's always a theologian or a Christian who tries to prove why that scripture doesn't apply. Go try to prove what I've, this pattern doesn't apply. I'd love to see them try that one. I'd love them try try to talk their way out of this, this teaching. Because you'd have to deny the scriptures. You'd have to deny the word of God to write off what I've just shown you. Every scripture which that, that I've shown you, which, which talks about something not happening, it doesn't leave you in the dark. It doesn't leave you confused. It gives you an exact reason why things don't happen. Why? Because this is the answer. The reason why things work or do not work is directly connected to this principle of faith. This is why God's trying to highlight this to us. This is why God is trying to bring the church to the place where we see what he's talking about in his word. The reason we're struggling with this is because we're just not quite seeing what he wants us to see. People say, but I've been trying to get my faith to work. Don't give up. The enemy will sit on your shoulder and say, oh, you see, your faith's not working. It's never going to work. Throw that faith stuff away and go find another reason. That's not the word of God speaking to you. That's the enemy speaking to you because that's contrary to the word of God. The enemy wants to talk you out of this route. He'll get you focused anywhere else but here. Okay? <laughs> because he's a master of distraction. The best way to get you to not see what the Bible is trying to show you is to try to get you looking everywhere else. Let's just zero our focus in on the word of God. Let's begin to realize this whole faith issue is connected to God doing things in my life. It's connected even to the miraculous. It's connected to healing. It's connected to answered prayer. It's connected to things moving and results happening in my life. And if I can come to that conclusion once and for all and stop questioning this issue ever again and just realize that's the Bible reason why issue solved. No more question. Let's move forward with this now. Then you can start getting some motion happening. So while for a lot of people, this might have been a bit of a basic teaching. Last week, I think, was to some degree line upon line as well. And I'm doing that on purpose because there are new people who've not heard these truths who are coming across these teachings. As I teach these, these new people. And the ones of us who've seen this need to see it clearer. I see it clearer every time I teach it. But those people who are hearing this for the first time, you need to, they, I want them to see this so clearly right at the start so that they get that answer. There is a very clear Bible answer to the question, why are things not working? It's laid out right across the New Testament for us to see. And it's the same answer in every instance. It's directly connected to faith or unbelief. Don't get offended by that. If you get offended at the word of God, there were times pre people preached things. and uh, Sorry, Jesus preached things. People got offended and they walked away. They stormed away. They didn't like what they heard. If you get offended at the word, you're not going to benefit the word. So don't let the enemy stir this up. Oh, I don't like all of that. Don't tell me I'm in unbelief. No, no, no. Just say, well, you know what? I might not have seen this till now, but you know what, Lord? I'm going to humble myself before the word. I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm not going to resist this truth anymore. I've been resisting it all the time up until now. I've been pushing. I've been not wanting to hear this 
God, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and say, okay, God, for once and for all, I'm not going to resist it anymore. Show me. And then the, that's when you can start to grow. You'll step out of the darkness. You'll step out of confusion. You'll step out of this constant like, oh, we just don't know why. And you'll step into a realm where the spirit of God can begin to teach you light through his word. You'll begin to see things and results will begin to happen because that's what God wants to happen in the church's results. He wants to move more. He wants to do more miracles. He wants to manifest more healings. And he's trying to get us this to happen by getting us into this issue. This faith, understanding how to get this working in our lives, you'll experience far more of the move of God in your life. Amen. So I've been talking away. I have seen people have commented, and and, and thank you as well. And 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 Deanna, I, I totally agree. Amen. And Becca commenting there as well. So thank you for that. And and my mom as well. So I have seen the comments. God bless you all. And I just pray this teaching gets out. I, I believe this is actually a very powerful teaching tonight because it shows a pattern right across the Bible of the New Testament. This pattern is so important. And if people can get this, we can solve this issue once and for all and stop questioning it anymore. So God bless you. And we're going to continue next week. I took a little bit of a diversion or focusing on miracles today because I felt I needed to solve this issue in a clear way. Because once we get this, now we can keep going in the connection between faith and miracles in the next few weeks and begin to, to really get the miraculous, the power of God manifesting in our lives more and that healings and those miracles and the things that God wants us to do because he wants to do those things. Amen. So we'll keep moving on with this next week. But um, God bless you. And Heavenly Father, I just pray for everybody listening. I thank you, Father God. We stand in agreement. Lord God, those people who are connecting up and who are listening to these teachings, I know some of them have got needs. Some of them are facing situations. Some of them are wanting healing. And yes, Father God, obviously, I teach and, and your word teaches it's their faith. But at the same time, your word also shows us the power of agreement. And we're a body. We're going to stand with them and we're going to speak life and strength. And the people in this ministry who are strong prayers, we, we come around these people and we just thank you, Father God. We stand as a united group and we're going to stand strong. And I thank you, Father God, for healings, results in people's lives who, who, who are connecting up with this ministry. Thank you, Father God, that the people who are listening consistently, I know some of them are believing God for things and for different situations, but they don't have to stand alone. We agree with them. We stand with them. Healings manifest. Miracles manifest in Jesus' name. Results manifest in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Father God, that things are happening and people are getting those results once and for all. And we're going to have testimonies in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you all. And yes, and, and just I just want I want people to know. That if you know, especially if you connect it up with this ministry, there are people who will stand with you. We do have people I'm talking about this more because I've been putting these groups together, but there are people who will stand with you. Now, some people might say, Well, I want you to pray for me, Owen. Well, I don't mind praying for people, but at the same time, the more people you pray, you know, I've been eating so many, so many hours a day. But there are some people who are connected to this ministry. And some of them are commenting there and some of the others, but I can put you in contact with people and they will stand with you and encourage you. They'll give you the word. They'll help you to stand and, and to get healed and to get strong. So God bless you. If you need that, just contact us and we'll say, look, here's someone. They'll help you. They'll stand with you one on one and uh, we'll get some results. God bless you. God bless you too, Becca and, and mom and, and Deanna and everybody else that's commenting. And we will see you again next week. Thank you very much.